Hello everyone and welcome to Geekscan, the home of RPG goodness and general Tom Foolery. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening uh, is a special guest host, Zach Allen, or Shadow Zach. How you doing, Zach? Great. How you doing, Zach? Um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm great. <clears throat> so we're going to get right into it. Um, this is a special episode. Uh, you had a whole list, and maybe maybe you can put that list if you feel comfortable doing it in our Geeks Can't Discord after this. Sure um, but you did a whole big list of horror movies that you're kind of, ex- I don't know like what the initial premise of it was, but basically the idea was, hey, these are 30 some horror movies that you could watch during October if you wanted to mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I had seen a handful of those, but I told you to pick three, and I would watch the three, whatever three you wanted. Um, and then you ended up watching uh, a movie that I had recommended to you a bit ago. That's also in the horror-ish vein, right? Um, and so we we watched all four of those, and then instead of just sitting down and chatting about them uh, on the side, we decided let's just let's just go live and chat about these together and see if yeah, chat has not. anything um yeah gridlock we'll put that list into the discord for you for sure mm-hmm. um it's in it's in a different discord at the moment but we'll make sure that gets into the geeks can't uh chat as well 100 percent. yeah zach you're like we've talked about this on the show before but you are you're a you're a horror nut job right yeah yeah big time. <laughs> like all kinds yeah, and I am I especially in movies. I am not like I've seen a handful, sure, but I'm not well versed at all. So this is like the best, like the best tag up because you have all of the knowledge, and I would enjoy to have enjoy having some of that knowledge, right? Well, I'd be happy to be a service if I can yeah. if I can spread a little bit of uh, you know the weird stuff that I've dug up over the years and share it, and some people like it, then hey all the better for it yeah yeah um so let's see should let's 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 just do a quick overview of 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 what four titles we're going to be covering this evening Mm -hmm. um so and this is this is shameful but the movie that you watched uh uh uh, of mine is pandorum Mm -hmm. which we can get into in a moment but it's this stars dennis quaid and it is a sci-fi horror ish Mm -hmm not good movie but it's fun and like the first 20 to 30 minutes is great in my opinion so i i I find myself going back and watching it for the first 20 or 30 minutes and then just finishing it right like just Mm. the rest of it isn't as nearly as important um but you watched that of of mine Mm -hmm. and then uh you had me watch um creep which is mm-hmm. on Netflix. If you guys want to just like dive right in, Creep is on Netflix um, and easy to grab. Um, the 2016 version, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, that's right. And then Mandy, which is um, super weird. We'll cover it in a minute. <laughs> um, and then, gosh, what was the third movie? Into the Void. Into the Void. Or is it The Void or Into the Void? Oh, yeah, yeah, just The Void. Sorry. In- I was thinking of something else. Yeah, yeah. So we've got these, these, these four very, very different movies. Like very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. <laughs> there's not like a theme here that you guys could pick up on. <laughs> so um, we could have done that maybe, but but that that didn't work. Um, so yeah. So we got four wildly different movies. I'm curious if Chat has seen any of those. I'm sure that we've seen some of them. Um, where do we want to start? with this well i guess it i would start by saying that the theme the overall theme of the list that we picked these from the 31 movies that i picked as i went through and you know i kind of been posted up in bed dealing with some stuff lately so i was like i don't know what's something fun i could do and i was like 31 movies for 31 nights of halloween and if i were going to recommend 31 movies to do that to people that i feel like are accessible because they're newer uh, that's the one thing about all the movies on the list. None of them are older than like 1999. Mm. And even that is like the Blair Witch Project. It's like a one-off. Most of them are from even after Pandora, like 2010 or later, honestly, uh, or 2009 or later. So I wanted to kind of keep it within an accessible range. I know I like a lot of the cheesy 
like B horror from like the eighties and the late seventies and stuff, or even like giallo films from like the sixties, Italian horror stuff, real deep cut stuff that, you know, maybe isn't the best way to introduce someone to horror. Um, And a lot of people have seen, you know, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, you know, Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees and all these things. This isn't a, I could have made that list. I didn't want to make that list. Yeah. Right. So I went through and I picked 31 movies that I felt like if I presented them to my friends and a a larger group, uh, that these would be more accessible and people could go through and just kind of pick the ones that they wanted. I don't expect anyone would actually be like me and watch 31 movies over 31 (laughs) nights. I might, I might try to get uh, through at least another chunk of them before. I would say I'm probably at the halfway point at this point. I don't know. I haven't done the the full count, but I, I'm probably close to half of that 31. So I could maybe get right on 15 movies in 30 days or so, right? Yeah, um, that's before like Halloween. one every other day. Sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe do it. But yeah, I thought it was a good list. Like, and it was it. it you're absolutely right. It's not like you know. There's probably like a million. There will definitely be a million. These are the 30 movies to watch this month list sure. go online um, next month. But this list had some of those things like Blair Witch, mm-hmm. but then some, some things that I had never heard of. Um, sure. And so, yeah, it was, it was a cool list to look through. Um, so let's see that, that. So that, that's good. I, I told you to watch Pandorum mm-hmm. because I think we, we were working on a mothership project, right? Right. And I'm like, you know, if there's a movie that I think can capture some of the vibes of Mothership, there's probably a short list, but Pandorum would be on my short list of like a fun movie that way. Right. A hundred percent. And I think it does do that because it's not just a straight up horror, but it's got some gonzo and some weird and um, some some action elements and things like that. Right. There's a lot to it. Um, so I'd say let's, let's save pa- uh, Pandorum for like the middle after okay. we've covered one or two. So what should we cover first from your list? Let's start with, let's start with into the void or sorry, the void. I keep saying into the void cause I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. The and void. chat chat has already expressed that they do not like the void. So well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Good, good place to start. Let's come out swinging. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so spoiler-free premise. I'll see if I if the void is kind of an eldritch horror, or a, or certainly like a a, a cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, uh, movie that has also elements of cult horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and body horror kind of going along with, mm-hmm. with that. Um, it is about a group of small town individuals who kind of all know each other for the most part that all end up in a hospital for various reasons, um, only to find out that the hospital is ground zero for an occult cosmic event. Is that a fair? Yeah, that's a fantastic summary, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um so it's got all that it, I I was all geared up to love this movie and I like parts of it. Um I like I think the special effects are cool. Uh you know, there's some there's some weird stuff going on in there. I think that the villain um and the cult in general are weird but interesting weird. They're not just like country bumpkin cult. Right. Or like like religious cult in the standard sense like they've got the cosmic element is really like underscored mm-hmm. in them and i think that's very, very cool and not something that you see in a lot of media right like the idea of it did have a little bit of a lovecraftian feel to it and i would say for a cosmic horror film that was largely bereft of lovecraftian influence that would be the one place that i'd say it kind of shines through uh uh yeah um yeah the part that the part that um got me was i i think you and i have talked about this before in a different context but i really need 
a horror movie to have a character that I either love or am super entertained by as like the in the main cast, right? That's fair. And the void does not have that. That's a hundred percent true. That is a an abjectly true statement. None of the characters are interesting whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it's part of what I like about it is mm. like the acting is not top notch. You know, it's not terrible, but it's definitely not top top notch. The writing isn't superb. The dialogue is all, kind of all over the place. And the themes are wild and all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that movie feels like if you are a fan of John Carpenter or Clive Barker, it you know, if you're a big fan of either one of those, it's like a great marriage of like just their whole vibes. And that's the thing that I love about it. And it really, it kind of, that's my kind of gateway movie to gauge. Like how much are people going to enjoy sitting down and watching a bunch of like, you know, practical effects puppets and like KY jelly and stuff. Cause that's kind that was kind of my entry point into going back to the eighties and watching all those Mm. movies like uh, critters and uh, basket case and uh, brain damage and all that stuff. So, you know, when you when you start dealing with that with that kind of cheese and you if you enjoy it that is definitely a movie where you can kind of get behind it i would say i'll tell you um i i found myself my mind kind of drifting during it and i think part of that was because you know like i the 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 story beats and the, the characters i didn't really connect with but i just found myself saying like this is a beautiful movie even though it's like the 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 visuals of this movie speak to me or resonate in a way sure. that other elements don't. And what's crazy about that is, so it, it, it's directed by a duo, a couple of fellas, mm-hmm. right? So those fellas also both worked on basically an entire season of Hannibal. Did they really? Yeah. So I was like, I, I was no like, idea. who are these guys? Because they they do good stuff. And I looked up. I'm like, oh well, my favorite TV show. There they are. Like <laughs> doing a whole season of it. Um, one of them did like the uh, concept art for it, and hmm. uh, another one did like um, kind of the des- set design and things like that. So it made sense, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, the visual aesthetic of Hannibal, they, how they get to kind of go nuts with it in their own space. Um, and they've done several movies, but The Void is definitely, I feel like, their biggest based off what mm-hmm. I was seeing as them as directors. And it's cool to see like some of the, your favorite um beautiful movies like what was the um what was the sequel to um the shining that came out um dr sleep i want to say that they did some stuff on dr sleep too and a few other things like that so interesting a lot of movies that have really cool visuals it seemed like that's really like they're behind some of that so that was that was cool right on i'll have to check out more of their stuff i'll have to look into it more yeah um, so I, I think, I think, you know, when I looked on IMDb, I could have this wrong, but I feel like it had like a 5.8 or something like that on IMDb. When I looked yeah. At. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, and like immediately was branded as a cult movie, like upon release. Yeah. I saw an article about it a couple years ago and, uh, right after it came out and, uh, it was, I read it and I was like, this movie sounds like it's for me. And to your credit, the first two times I tried to watch it, I fell asleep by about halfway through <laughs> It took me like the third time watching it, like after a couple months, actually make it through and be like, yeah, I do enjoy this movie, but it is, (laughs) it has its flaws for sure. Yeah. I would say to like that, the other, the only other big thing that I I felt like I would want to say about this is I think that it does a good job almost in a, I was going to say in a Stranger Things way, but not really in a Stranger Things way. It does a good job of doing cosmic horror on a cool scale, like like completely different from like Glorious, right? Right. For Glorious, it's all about the protagonist interacting with the the entity, right? Right. And this movie, I think, actually is, I think, plays a safer, which I think is a good thing a lot of times, a safer path with cosmic horror, which is not you or your characters if you're playing an RPG or the the protagonist dealing with the entity but with followers or fanatics of the entity mm-hmm. and then it's just a matter of making those followers and fanatics 
you know, still interesting. And right. I think that like, like, especially the end, um, it's just so weird and so cool. And like, they've got like, it's not just about gross out, but there, there's mm-hmm. gross alongside like beautiful. inspiring. Yeah, yeah beautiful. exactly. Now tell me this about the movie. These, and these are my two kind of like reasons that it went on, on the list. And two of the biggest reasons that I love it are a, would you say that it's a, that it's a, Fairly decent Halloween movie. If you were going to look for a new movie to watch for Halloween, might be a good Halloween movie. Maybe. Yeah, I would say definitely. Like, there's not a lot to choose from when it comes to um, like cosmic horror. So if you don't want like, if you don't want like, you know, a Freddy Krueger movie or something like that, and you just want something a little bit more focus in on a specific genre i think yes absolutely this mm-hmm. would be this would be a fun little halloween movie. b i think this would make an an incredible adventure for some kind of rpg like it it from start to finish that would be a fun adventure yeah if you could make the characters more interesting by playing them yourself i'll tell you one of the best things about the movie plot wise is that it starts in the middle of everything right mm-hmm. like the the thing that you watch at the beginning is a character get killed in a dramatic way, <laughs> yeah. another character running off into the darkness and these two fellas chasing them out of the house. Right. Yep. So, you know, that something just went down that you were not privy to. Right. It would be cool to do like some sort of an RPG or, or, or to have a story in some, maybe in a different media format that tells mm-hmm. that piece of the story. Right. Um, oh, that'd be of, cool. There, there could be some fun stuff there. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, uh, Andrew there in chat is saying, you know, talking about, you know, sometimes horror movies have terrible human characters to enhance the monster's personality, which is definitely true. I would say, I would agree with Gridlock. This is not one of those movies where, um, I don't think that the character, you could have characters that you care about in this movie and it wouldn't, it would improve the movie, which is, I think the question that you asked there, right? Which is because two of the characters, well, I'll. Let me back slowly away. Some of the characters survive in this movie. Mm-hmm. If you liked those characters, that would be great. Or at least one of them, right? Uh, because at the end, you just don't care that those people <laughs> <laughs> made it through. So um, that that's my prerequisite is like, I'd like, to, if, if somebody's going to survive, I'd like to care that they survived. And uh, that's my big that's my big issue with the movie is I wanted no one to survive because I didn't care about any of them. And I knew going into it that they kind of had intentionally written those characters to be that way. And I'm like, well, why would you write them that way? And then let one of them live. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a, you know, raining on your own parade a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of cool twists in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. like you can probably see them coming, but one of them, I don't think you would see coming. Right. So if, if twists are your thing, not like jumpy, scary twist, but just like, oh, that's a that came out of left field. That's interesting. That might help improve the movie for you. I know it did for me. Like, oh, OK, we we have to reevaluate everything we've just seen in light. Of right. This. So that's a couple of those moments. Yeah, that that enough is I feel like it was enough to keep most people invested the first go around and. That was like the big thing that I heard most people like the good feedback that most people told me that uh, have watched it and that I've talked to is like it, it at least it kept me invested. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't <laughs> the best movie I've ever seen. Sure. Well, <laughs> let's talk about a movie that maybe isn't the best movie that I've ever seen, uh, but is definitely arguably one of the weirdest um, shall, shall we talk about Mandy next? Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> uh so mandy is let's see if i can do a, a a summary here this this proves to you that i've seen the movie right okay um, yeah. mandy is about a couple that uh accidentally get tangled up in this weird dyad of religious uh cult fanatic people that are kind of like a like like a uh, 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 
a cult from like the 70s or 80s, like a hippie. They, they're called several times like a hippie cult, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and I said dyad because this hippie religious cult are in close commune with this demon LSD biker gang. Yes. And the, I'm going to spoil a small piece of this movie. I, I'm probably going to end up spoiling more of these movies as we go on, but um, um, very relatively quickly in this movie, within the first 20-ish minutes, maybe 30 minutes, um, the wife dies, and I'll put it that way. And so um, then you have Nicolas Cage as the husband being like wildly, wildly um, uh, off his rocker for the next hour and a half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely almost like so uh, gridlock saying it's almost like two movies. Yes, it definitely is like (laughs) two movies. with a very weird scene in between them, which is Nicolas Cage in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is like one of my favorite things of all time. That yeah. movie, just first of all, is, I, if I had to say it, it, hands down my favorite movie of all time. Really? Every That's time I watch it, I love it. I, I love it ev- even more every time I watch it. Yeah, it's hands down my favorite movie. Mm. I... I it's a good I spent, choice. I, like I'm not. I'm not here to argue that choice. I right? spent so much of my twenties wishing that that movie existed, and then when I finally got to see it, it was. I think I was like thirty or thirty-one years old when it came out, and when I finally saw it, I was like, "This is a movie that I've been waiting for for like the last ten years, ever since that first special moment." <laughs> and oh, I was like, "There Lord. has to be a movie out there just for me," and that yeah. is that is it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say that like, um, the first 15, 20 minutes are not an indication of where you're, what you're in for at all. Like, and it doesn't even like the first 20, 30 minutes or not 30 minutes, but 15, 20 minutes of this movie aren't even like, Oh, well that's different. It's like, doesn't feel like a horror movie. Doesn't right. feel like it feels like a trip, uh, yeah. <laughs> or like an experience or like an experimental film, right? Like, yeah. And it, it doesn't lose that experimental film feeling all the way through. It just gets more and more violent as you go yeah. on. Right. And unhinged and unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a blast with it though. Like, like, like the first part for me was very intriguing. I'm like, okay, well we'll get this figured out. And then once once the wife dies and you have that weird scene with Nicolas Cage in this orange tiger shirt <laughs> yeah and 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 his and his uh at his uh 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 white uh underwear screaming yeah. in this gaudy garish orange bathroom for you know just chugging i'm assuming that's vodka of some sort yeah Probably. Um, and and screaming, <laughs> I'm like, screaming. all right, this is the this is the like the the semicolon between two completely different <laughs> thoughts, right? And that's exactly what it was, right? It just gets crazy at that point. Yeah, things take a take a sharp left turn after that scene, for sure. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Like that's the thing, though. Like like uh, uh, but like. It's definitely like bloody, torturous horror. Like that's what it wants to be, and that's all it wants to like horror wise. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even really scary for N- most of it. Like there's very little like scary bits. It's more right. just bloody bits, right? Yeah. Um, and but but alongside that, like the 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 coloring, the lighting, and all of that is very iconic i would even Mm -hmm. say like i there's not a lot of movies out there that look like mandy looks right i yeah and that's one of my favorite things about it it's visually unbelievable a whole scene shot with like a red tint to everything or a or a purple tint or a Mm -hmm. or a mix like hues coming in right like Mm -hmm. it just like and even like there's little things like when when nicholas cage's wife are sleeping in their bed in the first bits of the movie right they're sleeping and they have like glass yeah panes all around them to like they're almost sleeping it almost gives the sense that they're like 
sleeping in a fish tank. Yeah, exactly. When I showed my wife that movie, she saw that scene and she was like, they're insane. No way would I ever sleep anywhere like that. <laughs> but they live out in the middle of nowhere. They like it's it's in, implied that like they live on a lot of land and right. they can do whatever they want, right? Right. Um they like their whole house. I also wonder if there's aspects to this or themes that I missed on the first go around because like at one point later in the movie, you see that a, a large portion of their house is made of glass. Mm, right um, and, and you know there's that saying about like like people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones or whatever right interesting and i was like is there something about this because like when when i'll see if i can be careful when a character is tied up in front of that house mm-hmm. there there's a shot of an other characters going out of that house and like almost every piece of the house in that shot is is glass windows like it's just wooden structure holding glass windows in place, framing it. It is. I'd never thought about that before. I'd never really paid attention to that. And I don't know if it's anything about that phrase, or it's just the idea of like their life was so trusting, so innocent, so like unassuming before. They mm-hmm. felt so secure, right? And then it, they were obviously like, like literally right next door. There's, there's problems, right? Yeah. Um, I really like there's that's the other piece of it is like there is there's stuff to chew on in this for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not just silly Nicolas Cage in a bloody horror movie. Right. One of the things that I really like about it, and <clears throat> I don't want to give too much away, but it's really that Jeremiah Sand, like the the really the bad guy in the movie, he is ultimately and and you never feel like he's as menacing as he's trying to be right you kind of like the whole movie you're wondering like why do these people follow this weird ass dude especially when you get to the part where they've got her you know back at their back at their compound and you know that whole scene um uh weird really great just the way that all goes down and then you get to the end of the movie and it's really like, you know, now Nicholas Cage is the monster, right? He's the monster in the movie. Yes. And just, you really get to witness in those last final moments, how pathetic this villain really is just, well, he's, he's pathetic in moments. He, I also, he's very much has like a Manson vibe, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, but it's also implied, I think, that, like, so he has, there was a moment that I thought there was more to it than this. I don't think there actually is. Um, but he has a, what, who I determined was was called the crone in with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the white-haired woman. Oh, gotcha. Right. So, so, so there's, so, so there's this other themes here, right? So, so if you think about it, I was thinking about this during the movie. I'm like, oh, she's the crone. Um, the other girl that's in there is the maiden and is, uh, the wife supposed to be the mother, right? Like, is it the three, like, like there, there's some cool aspects to that, right? Yeah. Uh, That I I don't know if they're meant to be or not, but, but I was looking at the crown. I'm like, I think that what we're supposed to see here is that Jeremiah was someone like Manson, but he never got a huge following and it's now years into this, right? Mm -hmm. He is now, it's, it's to the point where he has, like, some of his followers are very old, who were probably young, you know, groupies for his band originally. Yeah, because the movie takes place, it doesn't say, but it's implied that it takes place in, like, the late 80s. Yeah, so you would, I, I'm guessing that, like, maybe early 70s or so, like, the, this, he started, right? And right. Started to get a following. And so, like, there's parts of me that says, like, yes, he's pathetic, but I can believe that 15 years ago, when he drew in his first followers, this dude was right, um, hyper charismatic. And he just has let all, a lot of that go over the last 15 years because he hasn't had he's he's been able to, you know, sit on his ass for for, for a while. And, exactly. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, he found enough people to where he doesn't have to do anything. And it's just oof. the I really do love the dynamic of the cult. They are 
they're all characters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. There's no mooks in this cult that like, yeah. oh, this is a throwaway character that you don't really have to think about. It's like, no, everyone has a little bit of a different personality, and they're all given like little tiny moments to show off who they are as people right before they die, typically. But right. Uh, but you get that moment with them. Now, what you don't get moments with is the biker gang. Uh, what do you mean? You don't well, in the sense of like they are not meant to be individuals. Oh, right. Like that's the opposite side, right? All of those people are basically the same person multiplied. Right. You you can't um, even really tell them apart. No, you're. I I mean, they're all in leather. Yeah. Masked up. Uh, they're all LSD'd up. They're all. <laughs> yeah. You know, knived up. Yeah, um, the one dude literally has a knife for a penis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the weirdest. Like, there's not very many surprises in this movie, but but they were ready with that one. They, yeah. The first time I saw that, I was like, "What am I looking at here?" And then when it just kind of gets back at that angle, you're like, "Uh huh. Okay. Interesting choice." Well, and that the other thing that's cool for me about the biker gang is that, like, we're initially like the implication is that these are otherworldly people. Right. Right. Cause, cause like this dude is given this artifact, He's right. Told, you know, go use this artifact. The horn next, of Abraxas. The horn of Abraxas next to this lake. And you'll summon, summon these demons. Right. And so he goes out and he brings this jar with him <laughs> and he brings a, uh, a, a sacrificial lamb, so to speak. Right. Um, and, he goes out there and he blows on the horn of Abraxas and uh, uh, yeah, we will. Um, uh, and these, then, then we, we see that they like arrive on motorcycles and you're like, well, but are they really arriving on motorcycles? Like, where is this movie actually going? Right. <laughs> yeah. Are these actual demons that are on symbolic or metaphorical motorcycles or what? Because that, right. that scene is not shot as these are people. No, it's not. It's totally shot like they're here are demons riding motorcycles and ATVs. And you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I had the exact same thought the first time. I was like, are these like, you know, like devil motorcycles that like they summoned from hell? Or like, yeah. are they on real motor? Like what's happening? And, and they let you live with that. Mm-hmm. And then a few scenes later, they're like, Oh, actually, let's give some background to these dudes. They're on like a special form of LSD. Right. They're crazy. And what's cool about that is we got all of the 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 fiendish ideas that like percolated in our mind. And we got to like cycle through all them. And then they're like, oh, now you have to cycle through like these drug fueled. These are people. Ideas, yeah. Right. Now you have to reinterpret all the scenes that you just watched the lens of these are not demons these are people um which interprets it all completely anew or i think i think the implication there at least the way that i interpret it is that they were people i mean what is a demon you know it doesn't really go into what a demon is you're i mean it definitely implies that the Horn of Abraxas is some sort of supernatural thing, right? And somehow this LSD has given them maybe some sort of like... I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, like I appreciate that as a theory, and I'm completely fine with somebody having that. My personal theory is that there's nothing in this movie that isn't 100% in life. It's mm. just... Just real life. Just just real life craziness from from start to finish, uh, because there's like t- there's things that I like about it. Like 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 Nicolas Cage gets injured a lot. Yeah, and there's very much the implication that like people don't people don't get stabbed or shot or whatever in this movie and walk away from it, un- right. you know, recover from it or whatever. Like the idea here is. There's real life consequences for everything that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Me um, too. There's nobody that like, oh, they shouldn't have been able to walk away from that, but they did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage ends up having to drug himself up in order to <laughs> even get continue. get done what needs done, right? Yeah, yeah. that's it's crazy. Um, gridlock. is is insisting that before we move on to another movie we talk about the chainsaw scene oh yeah because it's it's it is just one of the 
the first time I was watching that and I was sitting there and I, you know, we'd gotten through, he goes, he's crazy, psycho, evil. <laughs> and, you know, he gets his crossbow, he makes his ax and then goes yeah. through all that. And then just, <laughs> he's got the chainsaw. Then the one dude comes out and it's just so comically huge. Yeah. He's got and, like a five foot blade. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And they just, if you've ever wanted to just see a ridiculous gonzo chainsaw battle that just absolutely belongs in like a coked out, like Stephen King adaptation from 1992, there you go. Yeah. It, I would argue that there's parts of that don't even belong in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. It is, it's kind of, it's, it casts a wide net. Well, and, and and the other thing that's crazy about that scene is it's arguably the least bloody of all of the scenes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I thought that was interesting. Like like every other scene, we are we have a front row seat. We're in the splash zone mm-hmm. for everything, every limb that's severed, every gouge, every you know whatever. Right? We we get sprayed. With arterial spray, just like everything else. Yeah. We see everything. And in that, literally, the kills happen. The the cuts happen off camera. Yeah. Or at least with something interfering between your, the audience's eyes and the, the interaction. Um, yeah, it's wild. Um, so it, it, it's very cool. And it's definitely, I think, if you're going to sell this movie to someone, though, right? Like, if you're going to say, watch Mandy... It's Nicolas Cage going crazy, and it ends with a chainsaw duel. That's <laughs> yeah. a pretty fair, like, hey, here's here's what it is in a way that will probably hook you, um, even though that really is a far cry from what actually makes this movie interesting. Yeah. Well, and to try and describe the movie to someone, really, it, it kind of depends on who you're talking to, A, and B. It, it kind of becomes, anytime I've ever tried to describe this movie to someone, it ultimately becomes a conversation in and of itself because they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Say more. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, So very good choice. I'm super happy with that one. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Pandorum. Let's do that. Yeah. So, so tell me about Pandorum. So I would say Pandorum is a movie about uh, a group. uh, Well, it's about this ship, the Elysium, which is, somewhere in space on a destination to a a seed planet like a new seed planet uh to start a new human colony and at the beginning of the movie i believe we find i'm not sure if it if i'm supposed to if i was supposed to know at the beginning of the movie that they were the last ones like the last humans like everyone on board the ship were the last humans but I did not pick up on that at first. I saw the broadcast, but I didn't put two and two together until later. It's um, not important either way, gotcha. really, right? Um, like, I mean, yeah. it, it has some weight, but that's not a key point of the movie. Yeah. And then I would say, really, the first, like, half of the movie is just about, like, Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid's, like, communication and their communication breakdown. And then what happens to Ben Foster, like trying to get to the reactor core and him meeting up and figuring out like actually what's going on in the ship. And then there's the big twist at the end. And then you have the ending, which I thought was really, I was not expecting honestly. So it, it really kind of shocked me that it ended the way that it did. I thought it was headed somewhere darker and Admittedly, I probably would have liked that a little bit more, but I appreciated more that it subverted my expectations. Yeah, this is a movie that starts off on a very high note and then mm-hmm. like drops down to a plateau and then is fine for the rest of it. Yeah. It, it it never like drops off into the abyss and is awful. No, I would never say it's an awful movie. I would just say it ha- it has its moments. It, I, if you cast Dennis Quaid in something, you're bound to get some like some hokey acting and like some, some hokey line drops in there. And that's, that's really just the only time I rolled my eyes, but what a, what a great duo for the beginning was Um, really good. Ben Foster just sells that. And and one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever, just because it feels so visceral 
real and I like get the I get like a chill every time I watch it is him he's he's got to go do a thing get out of a room it doesn't matter right but he has to crawl through the the overhead um right uh ventilation shafts yeah and they get more and more filled with oily slick um rubber piping right mm-hmm. to where by the end of it he's he can't hardly move he's he's yeah. worming his way through these and the claustrophobia that that evokes so that he he realizes that somewhere he took a turn down and now he's uh he's at an angle right mm-hmm. and that he, like like that whole scene to me feels great um and 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 it, i i feel all the things that ben foster is feeling right along with him and i i enjoy that that's the moment actually that scene was the moment where the movie actually fully caught my attention because up until that point i was watching it and i was like i mean i i've seen this before yeah you know this is yeah. it there how many times can i watch you know event horizon alien it just it it kind of opens up in a very in a way that you know isn't too dissimilar from stuff like that for sure for sure yeah there's there's an alarm blaring you're waking mm-hmm. up from from cyber sleep or whatever right you don't know what's going on right then it gets weird yeah um but yeah that was the moment where i was like okay first of all i'm not gonna have to be looking at like the same aesthetic that i'm used to in those movies because while it has been somewhat similar up until now they clearly have made some different choices to where that when i uh that's one of my big things with other types of like sci-fi horror sci-fi action films of uh that are you know kind of follow the same trajectory is they all try to look like alien and that's even one of my bigger problems with event horizon as much as i love it is it looks too much like alien in my opinion um but like do something different use some different color palettes it doesn't have to all be rusty and dripping with water but uh that's why i appreciated you know kind of some of the aesthetic choices that they started taking and that was a very interesting scene and like you said just like that's one of my worst things is like to have to be crawling through a tight space like that and getting stuck and not being able to move forwards or backwards or oh no way so that's when i was like okay let's go he has to like he has to like work a a glow stick out of his vest yeah. that it falls and he has to you know it, it almost falls to the grates below him and he has to like catch it with his like the crook of his neck yeah reach his teeth down there and like break it like that's real right yeah. like like what a great i don't know i don't know if they wrote that or if ben foster did that on his own right like how how all that worked but whoever did that was so smart because it communicates so much about yeah the scene and it again it keeps you right there yeah very yeah. much so absolutely yeah and then it just gets like so once you get out once they get out of that room and especially once they get much further into the ship you realize they aren't alone but that the ship is also not where they think it is and the crew isn't in the position that they think it is and like all everything starts to devolve Mm-hmm. and evolve at the same time mm-hmm. um and i think that a lot of actiony bits start to insert themselves into what has up until this point been a suspense horror yeah. movie mm-hmm. now it becomes kind of an action movie as well right yeah almost um, in a mad max way yeah it it gave me almost kind of like uh like predators vibes like not predator but predators the one from like back 2010 or so that had um adrian brody Brody, yeah Yeah. um the the creatures on board the i was not i didn't know what i what i was expecting but i wasn't expecting it to be what it was i thought it was going to be uh more like cosmic horror aliens i really liked and i'm not that it wasn't cosmic horror i need to watch it again i really want to watch that part of the movie again specifically um because they they were it was not what i was expecting i was expecting something a lot more tentacly and not so yeah they're they're almost like hellraiser in yeah, some ways right yeah, very Clive um, barker ish almost which or i like morlocks or something like that mm-hmm. right like they just 
they're they're creatures that have evolved slash devolved <clears throat> into like creatures of base necessity. Right. Um and they're <laughs> gross. Um mm-hmm. they're they're just enough human for us to believe that they once were human. Right. Or that, that, that that's the big twist, right? Is sorry, chat. Don't watch this anytime in the next like three months and just forget everything that just happened. If you yeah. <laughs> but but hey, like it that's... came out in like 2011, right? Yeah, we're 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 well enough in advance. But the big twist, right, is that the the creatures that you see aren't aliens. They're not monsters. They're humans right. because humans have had to survive <clears throat> on this ship for what is it, thousands of years. <clears throat> And that's why when you really get into it, that's why I uh, see why it's a good, why it would stand among movies like Event Horizon and Alien to be good inspirations for like a mothership what, uh, game. What? So that's interesting. But why do you think, so I think it's indisputable though, that when we're talking about Alien, Event Horizon, Pandorum, Pandorum does not stand among them as a movie. Is no. it just Dennis Quaid? No. The problem, and I would even say he's not the problem most of the time, but what is the problem? Uh well, it's not just Dennis Quaid. It's I wasn't I wasn't particularly like and and again, the movie subverted my expectations, so I appreciated that. I wasn't a I don't like it when you when directors feel the need to shoehorn in a romance because it's, you know, between 1990 and 2010. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. just required in any movie that you make that has any kind of the elements that that movie has. So if you have a, a central kind of action type hero, he has to have some reason to keep going and it you know it's it's a little bit contrived in places it it has i feel like as a movie overall it has a lot of really great solid ideas it has some a really really outstanding performance by Ben Foster um and i think it it has a lot of cool and unique ideas in terms of like trying to reach movies like alien and event horizon. But I think you're right as a movie, it just doesn't quite reach it. But in terms of like inspiration for, you know, RPG, definitely. Yeah. I would say like the other thing is, um, and I think this has been levied against it before, but it, it has two villains. Right. And I think, I think that it could have been fantastic had it chose one of them. Yeah. Um, but you know Dennis Quaid, or or the idea of a crew losing their minds, is a villain. Sure. And then these creatures are villains, but because they ha- they are both very interesting, and they are both in an hour and a half long movie. Yeah. Along with a romance and a and a huge amount of world building, and yada 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 yada, right? it feels like both neither of them get their full day in the sun or at least the full attention that they deserve. That's um, very fair. Cause I think that like the alien or not aliens, but the creatures are so rushed every time we see like anything right. about them is so like, let's just, we got to move. We got to move. Cause we're editing pretty choppy too. We're into, we're 30 minutes into the movie before we uh, get to know those creatures at all. 40 minutes mm-hmm. into the movie. Right. Um, so we're already like moving towards the climax by the time we see those. And then because we're dealing with those guys for the whole middle of the movie, we don't see a lot of crude evolve. Right. And, and I think that if we would have had either one of those, it could have been a notch up, maybe not to alien level, but maybe to event horizon level. Sure. I could definitely see that. And I think, I think maybe what they tried to do is, or I don't know, maybe they didn't want to try and be too close to Event Horizon. And I think in that case, if you want to try to avoid being too close to Event Horizon, take out the second, you know, take remove the whole ending twist. Yeah, you know, with Dennis Quaid. Um, that and that, I feel like that would have been such a different movie in and of itself. Oh, yeah. If you followed that being the conclusion of the movie, and that I would have bought the way that the movie ends 
with Dennis Quaid as the villain and you make the whole movie just about him trying to get to the reactor, it's fine if there's creatures on the ship, but to make them as much of a threat as they did throughout the middle of the movie really did. It pulls your focus. And I feel like they're trying to pull your focus to set up that twist to take your, you know, but ultimately I think you're right. It works as like one or the other completely differently. And they're two completely different movies, whichever way you go. And the other part of it, right, is that I'd, I'm going to double down on what you said earlier. I don't think a romance is needed, but I think that this movie suffers a little bit. And then we got to move on to the next one. But one of the one of the things that it really suffers from is, do you remember watching King Arthur? King Arthur. Yeah, King Arthur. Um, it has... Uh, it, it had Kira Knightley in it. It had Mads Mikkelsen in it. It had a whole crazy big cast. Never seen from it. like 2008. I have to go watch it. I've never seen it. Okay. So, so, but the idea, so, so that's a movie that I think back on anytime I see a movie like this, which is um, the movie has a problem, which is it wants, it has a bunch of side characters, none of which are really necessary and all know. of which are being overly worked to try to be unique and iconic. Yeah. And this movie both with the girl and with the other dude, with a couple other dudes that are that are introduced, we get like characters that are trying to be memorable. Mm-hmm. In like, it's kind of like oh gosh, it's like the Power Rangers gimmick, right? Like, well, we have five Power Rangers, so each one of them's got or or the Ninja Turtles or whatever, right? Like each one's got to have a different weapon, different fighting style, different personality, different attitude, different whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it just is like in in Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers, it's fun and silly, and that's mm-hmm. it fits. But in in King Arthur or in this movie, like all that variety just seem makes it it all feel cheap and like forced. Yes. Um, and that's the biggest problem that I have with it is the side characters. I think that this movie would be fantastic if it was only ever Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster and the creatures. Would have been what? And I, I mean, fine. If, if, if you if you want to throw in that surprise uh, cameo from uh, Norman Reedus, go ahead with that, too. You know, yeah. But they, just that one, you know, it was very short. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. You can leave that in there, too. Yeah, yeah, Clive Owen's uh, King Arthur. Thank you, Troy. That's exactly who was it. Who, who Clive it. Owen. Okay, I am familiar with what you're talking about, but I've not seen it. Yeah, I, there's there's things to like about that movie, but I have almost the exact same complaints as I do with um, Pandorum. And I think they came out right around the same time, so maybe we're just suffering from that. It's like the movies that were right before Marvel really uh-huh. kicked off. So right. they have like the idea of like Avengers team up. Sure. Our, our superhero idea, but we haven't really figured out how to make that work yet. And right. so it's Hasn't kinda, quite eh. been perfected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Andrew's saying they're, maybe they're trying, and I think that's a good insight. Like maybe the idea is like they're going for like a human Noah's Ark because we're seeing a wide variety of people. Right. That's, that's a good point. Um, and you're probably absolutely right. I just don't like it. <laughs> it detracts from the movie yeah yeah um all right so we, we need to we need to move towards uh wrapping up this discussion and we still have a whole movie to talk about so we do um creep this one should be easy though not a yeah, whole so, lot of characters no so creep is a found footage movie about a uh, uh videographer mm-hmm. who takes a gig to go up into the mountain uh and go to a uh cabin Mm-hmm. and film a man who is uh uh who tells him that he has cancer has a couple months to live probably and who has an unborn son on the way and he wants uh this videographer to to kind of film a uh an ad hoc documentary over the course of a day mm-hmm. for him to leave behind potentially for his son right correct um spoilers Surprise, this dude does not have cancer. <laughs> is not filming a, uh, uh, for his son, though he is filming a documentary. Yeah. Um, and the documentary is about how he is going to manipulate, torture, um, and, and annihilate <laughs> this videographer over the course of the next several hours. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an intense movie. It's a lot. Uh, it's it's, it's a be. lot. 
in an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very weird film. It's also a, one of the most unnerving films I've ever seen because it feels so real. <laughs> oh, that's see, see, I was about to say, well, but yeah, you're right. Like that movie is so real. Yeah, it really it feels like you're watching something that you should not be watching in the way that in my eyes, Blair Witch and some of those other found footage movies never did. Exactly. Like they never quite like as much as I love the Blair Witch Project, and it is probably between that and Halloween, the whole reason that I even love horror movies. Yeah. Um, it, it creep reaches a level of like just making you feel like you're it's real and you're watching something that you shouldn't be way more than any other found footage movie has ever dreamed of achieving. And, and I think that it really works because it won the story and the way that it's set up around the manipulation and that it's just, you know, two characters really helps. It's just two characters. Like the acting on both of them, I feel like is largely believable. There's mm-hmm. a couple of scenes that that kind of breaks down. Sure. But, but for the most part, this feels like it could have happened. Um, mm-hmm. because this guy, the, 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 the cancer patient mm-hmm. is so manipulative, emotionally manipulative, especially at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. He, he loves, you could, you, you, once you find out that this guy does not have cancer, but even before that, you, you really get the sense that he loves messing with this guy, other guy's emotions. Yeah. Um, and not just in a, Ooh, I'm going to creep you out or scare you way. Cause he does have some of that mm-hmm. in it and that he, he excuses pretty quickly. Um, but he also plays upon emotions that connect the videographer to him. Right. Right. Emotions of sympathy, of, you know, connectivity, of mm-hmm. relatability, of, of, you know, at one point he says, well, I have a lot of money. I don't need the money where I'm going. I'm going to give some of it to you. Right. So that's, that's, that's manipulation, emotional manipulation assigned, you know, now, now he needs him or the reasons of that, right? Like there's so much manipulation, right? The getting, you know, getting him drunk, you know, after they get back from their hike. Yeah. 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 It's, it's manipulation. And really it's not scary. The scariness comes from you as an audience member watching this guy get manipulated. Yeah. Not from any like, true elements of suspense or visceralness or you know promise of anything it's just from watching this guy get manipulated i would maintain that if this movie never devolved into a true horror movie it would still be super disturbing and you could still call it creep and it would be a movie that people would talk about just as a look at this watch this movie and watch this guy get manipulated to the point where you can't take it anymore yeah yeah very much so I'm going to go out though and say like one of the, it, it does have moments though, like when they're on the hike and he just bolts off into the woods, like red flag. I'm, I'm done. Like at that point, I don't care about the money. I'm like, dude, fuck that. I'm gone. Excuse me. (laughs) Like, or the bit red flag number one. And this comes pretty early. The the whole peach fuzz mask. I would, I'd have been like, I'm leaving. There's nothing you can say that's going to convince me to stay here. I the you... mask is not bad by itself, right? The fact that no. it's in the closet, right? It, it freaks him out. Like, okay, so there's this big wolf mask that's uniquely disturbing and is certainly the iconic visual of the film. Mm-hmm. I'd say um, so. You see it in a closet. That is, I mean, it's weird, but it's but everybody has a Halloween mask somewhere in their house, right? Like, sure, it's not, not crazy. But what got me was when the guy's like, oh, my dad used to wear this or my uncle or whatever. And he puts it on and he sings something that 100% got made up in the moment. Right. It is so uncomfortable out of it. Yeah. All right, dude, I think about, right? Like that would have been my. Because you're watching that. You're like, he is clearly lying. Like he's just made that up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and like. You can get through this movie. I'm telling, I'm talking to chat now. You can get through this movie. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, literally. The the thing that this movie does is it makes you feel like it's it's an hour and 10 minutes of you saying, 
leave this house. <laughs> yeah. Leave this house. Leave now. Kill this guy, right? Like, just get away, right? Yeah. Um, do something. Do anything do something. but what you're doing. And then, like, an hour in, he goes and he, 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 he leaves. He does leave, right? Yeah. And he goes back to his house. And then he's manipulated and eventually stalked, stalked. there as well. But, <laughs> yeah. but manipulated first for a yeah. long time there, right? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and yes, he calls the cops and all that stuff, uh, chat. He does do all that, but it is, it is, it, he doesn't, he doesn't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to, he doesn't realize how much he's been manipulated. Right. And that's a scary thing. The, some people will have a tough time with that movie. I will say, uh, if, if you have issues with like having been emotionally manipulated or physically manipulated or in any ways, kind of maybe a trigger warning. It deals with, that's pretty much all the movie is. And it can be oh. stressful if that's something that is like. And the end is not satisfying. No. If, if you, if you are rooting for the vi- videographer. <laughs> yeah. You I think the ending is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you're, it doesn't get better. There's not a happy ending. There's not a resolution that you're going to be satisfied with. Um, and then though, like the, denouement right the end end uh, well it's why we got sequels right like mm-hmm. like it's it, it it it's it's appropriate for this movie because it communicates a reality about everything that you just saw so it's useful for people who are watching this but it also sets up sequels or mm-hmm. prequels or whatever and um i think it, that creep that's 2 good... is pretty good so I will say that I'll go out and if, if you enjoy the first one, you'll enjoy the second one. I don't, I can't say given that I've seen the first one, like one or two more times, I'm not sure if it's better than the first one yet, but I can say that it's, if it's not as good as the first one, it's almost as good as the first one. And it definitely pays off a lot of stuff harkens back to, and I'm looking forward to the third one. Perfect. Well, okay, so let's wrap up with this. So a couple things. First off, you can watch Creep on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy and uh, Hulu uh, has Pandorum. So yes. If you want to watch Pandorum, it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy and The Void are not available on any streaming services for free if you have those services. But both of them can be watched for free if you're willing to watch ads on some of the lesser yeah, like Pluto services. or Tubi. Pluto and or like Tubi that. or um, Roku channel. Like they have sure. those. So if you want, and both of them are available on um, Amazon Prime to rent if you want to check those out. So you can watch any, I, I watched all four of them for free this week. Um, if you if you were going to rent a couple of them, I mean, none of these movies are new, so they're right. not expensive. Sure. All right. So uh, that's that. Zach, I'm going to task you with something here at the end. I want you sure. to pick a couple more of these movies, and maybe we'll. This will give myself uh, an opportunity to to uh, to check out another couple. But chat here can also um, dive into the next two, and and we can yeah. maybe chat about those in in Discord. Let me go. Excuse me. Sprite's getting me. I'm going to go grab the list real quick, and I'll sure. post it in chat and. Or in the Discord. Well, you're looking for that. I'll buy you a couple moments here. So chat a couple things um, before we close out the evening. Um, on Sunday, we're going to do a crowdfunding corner. Uh, we're going to shoot again for doing the Marvel episode on Tuesday. Um, and then um, on Thursday of next week, we're going to do uh, the Middle Earth game again. So that's that's your streaming schedule for the next few few streams. Right on. Um, you want me to post it in the movie talk? Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Um, so three more. Two, let's do two more. Let's let's two let's, more. let's set a low bar just so okay. everybody uh everybody can focus fire. Okay. Let's see. I gotta I gotta recommend uh Well, hang on, let me go back. I'm gonna check your list real quick. Mm. The ones that you haven't seen. Mm. Um, which ones have you not seen? Yeah, we could check that. Um, I've got it right here. Uh, I would highly, I would recommend. 
should we do that House of the Devil? Well, you gave me two others that we haven't actually watched yet, right? Right. Um, House of the Devil is like one of my favorite movies of all time. It. I'll. I'll tell you this. I'll. I'll say either House of the Devil or The Last Exorcism. Um, House of the Devil is kind of like the void where it's shot intentionally to be like a throwback to the 80s down to where it's actually shot on film uh, yeah. and it's it's nice. it's very much like a period type film it feels like it's from the 80s so if you're into that um and i'll say this most of it like two-thirds of that movie are just like it's a very slow burn until you get to the like the last the nice. last but uh the Last Exorcism is actually a, like a really good, just like solid PG-13 possession mm-hmm. film. Like probably one of the better ones to do it after The Exorcist. Um, probably even better than if you like The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It's better than that for sure. Mm. Moves at a much better clip. Um, so either one of those two. And then... <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. That's too weird. Uh... I'd say go with oh, we already did a possession movie so let's do do VHS was it 99 or 94 either one of the either one of the VHSs awesome. you can't go wrong with either one of those so we're going to do either VHS 94 VHS 99 and then either check out The Last Exorcism or mm-hmm. um, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Depending yes. on what which one you would be more interested in. But both of them are kind of like, well, one of them is a possession movie. One of them is more of like a, a cult movie. Perfect. House right, of the Devil is more of a cult or, film. Or, or, or go premium and watch all four. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're awesome. all on the list. Well, Zach, we need to get out of here for your benefit and for mine. So, uh, Chad, thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll maybe do this again, um, but I'm, I'm glad we did it this time. So, Me Zach, too. Thanks for, thanks for Absolutely. Thanks for having me.